Hello there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Jedi Knights. This is episode four. I'm your moderator, Christian Buckley. Joining me once again is Mike Connors. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here talking about a movie that may be good. Maybe bad. We don't know yet. We'll talk about it. We will. Uh, last week, we talked Revenge of the Sith. That's right, yes. And that is a favorite of one Mr. Pat Maroney, who is back once again. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah. Like, because of just one scene. Which Pretty scene? much. That that fight scene was sick. Are Which you talking Anakin and Obi-Wan? Anakin Obi-Wan, yeah. Nice. And it's then also, like, the whole, uh, the whole sequence with Obi-Wan and Commander Cody. Mm-hmm. And Obi-Wan and Grievous was sick, too, so... Yeah, that's that why we, I like that movie. Yeah, we talked about the Obi Wan adventures of the prequels and mm-hmm. definite highlights. So. Yeah, for sure. Pat, if you could summarize your thoughts in, of Revenge of the Sith in one sentence, go Ooh. on the spot. Ooh, damn. Uh, cool fighting, weird story. Don't know why Anakin's eyes were yellow. That was a bad sentence. It, that was just bullet points, but it, it was got a your sentence. thoughts though. It <laughs> yeah. it was conveyed well. So, yeah, Uh, another prequel today, but we'll get to that. Right. For Fire the Cannon this week, which is a little gamey play at the top of the show to uh, get into the swing of things. Uh, It's a little game where I pitch to the crew a short summary, uh, roughly tweet sized about a piece of Star Wars canon that either used to be canon, is no longer canon. And we decide if it should get brought back in, retooled, fixed up. Uh, this week, we are talking about something that's already kind of canon, okay, but was a massive oversight in our discussion <laughs> of Revenge of the Sith. Okay, yeah, what is it? Have you all ever heard the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Oh, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. You're right. That's my <laughs> bad. All right. Uh, Darth Plagueis is the master of Sheev Palpatine. As told by Palpatine in his story from Revenge of the Sith, Plagueis was all-powerful and was one day unseated by his apprentice. Plagueis, by James Lucino, detailed the history of the Sith Lord and his mentorship with Palpatine, leading up to the events of Episode 3. Theory suggests now that Plagueis is still evolved in canon past this story because uh, a lot of people think that Supreme Leader Snoke is Darth Plagueis. It's an old theory. That's interesting. It's a very old theory. Yeah. Uh, three years old specifically, but I texted you about this. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, listen to these two music tracks. The specific tracks are Palpatine's teachings from the opera scene in Revenge of the Sith, yeah. where there's like the Gregorian chanting, and then Snoke from Episode 7, both composed by John Williams. The legend. Yes. Mad respect. It sounds very similar. See, okay, I, I have to admit, I didn't listen, I didn't listen to those videos okay. that you sent me, Okay, but I believe you. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, the it kind of blew up on the internet, so that was like a big thing. People were like, oh, yeah. this is damning proof that he's him. I wouldn't necessarily call it damning proof. I wouldn't either, but it <laughs> is a little weird. It is weird. I don't necessarily think, I, I don't think that's necessary, though. Okay. I don't see why Snoke has to be connected. Anybody? Yeah. Like Same. Uh, it's a new trilogy. Uh, it's a sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. There could be new characters. We already know that. Yes. Um, I understand that things are connected in Star Wars, mm-hmm. but from what we've seen of this last movie, like we know Palpatine and stuff. Mm-hmm. For, He's coming back. He, for those who don't know. In some form. Yeah, in some form or another. Uh, I don't necessarily see the the reason the reasoning behind making Darth Plagueis and Snoke connected like that. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. I have some opinions on Snoke that we'll get to when we reach the sequel trilogy. Sure, yeah. 
Um, but as far as fleshing out his story, I know specifically the Darth Plagueis novel by James Lucino that I mentioned. Uh, I think it got delayed by like four years. I think it was originally supposed to come out in 08 and came out in 2012. You're talking about the Darth Plagueis novel? Yes. Okay. This was before the purchase, though. Right. So technically, this is not canon. People have tried to like draw connections to the book in canon material to make things canon, but like it's... It's Legends, baby. Yeah. Through and through, it is Legends. So as far as fleshing out Darth Plagueis, do you think that that's an interesting character? I'd like to see, personally, maybe a bit of exploration about young Palpatine uh-huh. pre-episode one in a canon book or comic book or something but i don't know if i necessarily need plagueis fleshed out over palpatine no i think so the whole rule of two thing before plagueis like there was just two sith lords before plagueis and and sidious there were just two sith lords and that happened for like hundreds of years Mm -hmm. so kind of delving into darth plagueis would seem redundant to me yeah because like we know what's coming Exactly. Yeah. And like honestly, uh the whole st- like Darth Sidious he 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 explains the story about what happens to to Plagueis anyway, so mm-hmm. it's not like we really need that yeah. fleshed out even more. Uh interesting thing though, Plagueis was alive at the beginning of episode 1. Really? Um, so the death of Plagueis happens sometime in in episode 1. I did not know this. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Do we know anything else about it, or is that it? I mean, that's okay. I, now, now I'm questioning myself. But okay. this is what I, this is what I heard. This is what I read somewhere. I'm like 95 percent sure that I'm right on this. Okay. I wouldn't say this if I wasn't extremely sure. Okay. Can we get a fact check? Yeah, I'll Pat, fact check it right now. Pat, can you fact check this? Uh, I did see though in the novel that is Legends now, they detail I think 10 years before the death of Plagueis. Uh, sort of Palpatine and his apprenticeship uh-huh. with him. And then he sees uh, Darth Maul as a child, mm-hmm. like a baby Zabrak on Dathomir. Dathomir, yeah. And sort of is like, hey, this kid's got some potential. And then he sends Darth Maul to Mustafar to be raised in the ways of the dark side. Interesting. Okay. So, so I did just get a fact check. Okay. And it kind of shatters the rule of two that we've been, that we just, at the aforementioned rule of two, said Plagueis was alive and his, uh, his, I don't know the word, apprentice mm-hmm. was Darth Sidious, who also had an apprentice who was Darth Maul. Right. Yeah. So that might be some weird crossover because like maybe Maul wasn't a full Sith at until a certain point. So it's, it's, it's shady. He wasn't like an Eagle Scout yet. He was just yeah. a Boy Scout Sith. Yeah. So, so what do we think as far as fleshing out Plagueis? I personally don't think we need to. I think it could be done very briefly in, in the form of fleshing out Sidious more. Yeah, I can, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you were to, you know, write a book about Darth Sidious before episode one or, mm-hmm. like, or do a comic series about it, you would have to include Plagueis. Yeah. But it's, don't, I don't personally think that should be the focus. Yeah, I agree. Um, more so Darth Sidious or Palpatine. So I'll say that we fire this canon. I w- would agree. Cool. So I also believe there is a book. I don't know if it's canon or not, but there, there is, is this yeah. comic that's the story of Sidious. Uh, the canon has been fired. Darth Plagueis, see you never. Peace. <laughs> uh, you know what I learned about Star Wars this past year from you, actually? Okay. 
there's weird time paradoxes sometimes with things like the world between worlds and so like manipulation of events. Oh yeah. Huge of, stuff. Uh, looking back at things, looking forward at things. This episode comes out on Friday. <laughs> this is Monday. Yeah. Uh, it is 5.09 on a Monday afternoon. Later tonight, the trailer for The Rise of Skywalker, the final trailer, will have been released. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet. We haven't. Uh, we will be attempting to react to it, so if we do get that done, look out somewhere on the channel for viewers, uh, listeners. Go to youtube.com slash joyclicks, and you'll probably see us freaking out about this new trailer. Oh, yeah. Uh, as well as tickets. Tickets are going to go on sale tonight. Right, yeah. Uh, I thought it was just worth mentioning, you know, like... There's really no discussion to be had there as far as knowing what's coming. <laughs> uh, I think there was a leaked trailer description, but we're so close that I don't want to listen, like read it. Yeah, no, I, I saw that too. Mm -hmm. uh, some some YouTube channels have been posting videos about it. And yeah, I'm not interested right now. Um, I do want to say though, uh, make make a prediction, like okay. a crazy prediction, and let's just see if we're right about something that might appear in okay. this. Well, uh, to be fair, okay. I saw the announcement tweet where it was like um, Ray, Poe, Finn, and Chewie and the Falcon. Okay, I saw that too. Yeah. I also saw uh, about an hour ago another teaser. I won't detail what was in it. Okay. But it featured a ship and a couple other ships and some weird looking uh, natural landscape. Right. That we have not seen yet. Okay, interesting. So I won't make any predictions around those things. All right, but make a make a wild prediction. And okay. See what happens. I have one in my head. Can I throw out some breaking news real quick? Okay. I don't know if you were aware of this. What's up? But the gambling odds for Star Wars Episode Nine, one of the lines was released today, and you can bet on whether Star Wars Nine or Star Wars Eight is going to have a higher opening weekend or a greater opening weekend. That's what, interesting. What's the over under? Uh, it's not an over under. It's, oh, it's so just the betting line. Yeah, minus three oh three for Star Wars nine to have an opening or higher opening weekend, and plus two hundred for Star Wars eight. Huh. Okay. That's interesting. And I think I'm gonna get in on that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Start um, as Pat, do you have a prediction for the trailer? Do I have a prediction for the trailer? I think we're gonna find out what Ray's jumping over. Okay. The end of the last trailer, she jumped over something. Do you remember that? I remember the first trailer. She jumped over the TIE fighter. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Blah. We found out what's Who's in it. I think well, we're going to get details on that. Okay. Sorry. Was, I've been... It's all I, good. I, mean, <laughs> I know it was uh, Kylo Ren's TIE fighter. His TIE interceptor, I think, is what it's called. Something like that, yeah. Um, TIE silencer, that's what it is. Right. The it's a cool name. The interceptor was in The Last Jedi. Yes. Yeah. Um, Merchandising. Yes, <laughs> the Lego sets. Um, so it's up in the air, I guess, because in that initial reveal for that trailer, they never showed who was in it. It was his ship, but like it would just show gloves. Who could that I be? I mean, we, we still don't know who that is. Yeah. Uh, as far as a bold prediction goes, I'll say that Harrison Ford is in this trailer. You think Harrison Ford is in this trailer? Yeah. That's a wild, wild prediction. That's what you wanted. Yeah, okay. Uh, I think we're going to see uh, some form of Palpatine. Okay. Some form. I like how vague that is. Uh, I don't, but I think more than just a voice. Will it be Ian McDermott? I don't know. Okay. I, okay. I don't know. I just think we've already, they've already established that he's in the movie. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you gotta flush that out. I would say, you know, 
for people who aren't as into the news as we are, mm-hmm. they're probably going to like see that imagery and just be like, whoa, okay. like Palpatine. Okay. So, yeah, that's my wild prediction. Do All you right. guys think, sorry, I don't know if this is the appropriate time to ask, but do you think Palpatine is going to be kind of like a Voldemort type situation or do you think he's going to be kind of like a force ghost situation? I don't know because in lore, I think there's a reason why Sith Lords can't appear as ghosts because of their connection to the the force right yeah only jedi can manifest as force ghosts i know at rebels as far as i know touched on a holocron like recording of sidious right yeah so they could very easily go that route and it's like a weird little workaround so it's like it's not really the emperor but like his an ai kind of version of a hologram yeah i mean it's it that whole thing comes from like the the sith draw their power from like their wants in the present and stuff mm-hmm. and so they can't transcend into like that next plane i guess mm-hmm. um but we already know like in battlefront 2 like sidious shows up then to after after yeah. return of the jedi right um as as a weird uh like ai sort of thing yeah so who knows it could be any anyway yeah i think the whatever does happen with sidious i think they could easily bungle <laughs> But yeah. uh, I'll have faith for now. Right. Yeah, especially after seeing the prequels, I'd love to see him back, you know, just to make it all feel complete. For sure. So I think it's going to do a lot for that. Uh, moving on, though, we do have a few little impressions coming out this past week. Mandalorian and Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Would you like to start with Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah, let's start with that. I feel like we talked about the Mandalorian a lot. Yeah, so I have less info pulled from Jedi Fallen Order. Because there were several previews that came out this past week from press. Uh, I did a video on the channel, Chun Up, this week is about why I'm excited for Jedi Fallen Order. So you can check that out. But Jedi Fallen Order surprised me based on the impressions I watched. Because it seems much more focused on exploration, uh, the mystical nature of Star Wars, and I guess the fantasy aspects, you know? What do you mean by that? Like? Like fantastical creatures, foreign environments, the fascination and experience you get with discovering a new thing in Star Wars. Right. Okay. Those feelings that you get where everything we've gotten so far, the Battlefront games, the apps have been heavy, heavy, heavy leaning on nostalgia and the scale and scope of Star Wars. But this seems much more in line with, hey... We're just having an adventure in space. Yeah. There's some weird flowers. There's some weird pterodactyl bats. Yep. I don't know what else is going to happen. Uh, but I'm happy to hear that they're leaning more into that side of things because we have two Battlefront games that are focused on more being simulations of war in Star Wars yeah, than yeah. the movies of Star Wars, I'd say. I would say it, it, it makes me happy to know that this is like... They they're they're going all in on just like a story driven game. Me too. Uh, and and we knew that before, mm-hmm. but from what I've heard from people who played the game, uh, just like on social media and stuff, uh, like you said, it's more focused on like new environments and like like new lore. I, I like how BD One can like scan things yeah. and then like it put gets put in like your data pad or whatever, and you can read about it. Yeah, it's a nice touch. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I. I'm excited for it. Uh, I wonder how long it's going to be. I would guess 
around 20 to 25 hours. I was thinking 25 hours too. Yeah, yeah I think uh, God of War was of similar length and uh, God of War 2018. And in that, it was very much a not necessarily open world, but there were environments that you could return to and progress in mm-hmm. as you further through the story. Right. And it sounds like that's what's going to happen for us with Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, I think I heard one of the developers say that there are many points in the game where you have to return to places that yes, you've already been. which I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Um, I wrote down that it's comparable to the Arkham games, especially Asylum. Okay. Because Asylum, uh, it's for comparison's sake, it's Asylum is much more confined than what this seems to be. But in a 3D environment, uh, getting new abilities, progressing, getting new gadgets will allow you to open up new paths on places you've already been, which is was one of the big talking points for the Fallen Order demo. Yeah, I haven't I haven't played these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I played Arkham. Arkham Asylum, like, yeah. halfway through. Mm-hmm. But I've also heard uh, people who play the game compare it to, like, Metroidvania. Yeah. Uh, Fallen Order, at least. Right, yeah, because uh, Arkham Asylum was basically, in my head, is the automatic thing I go to when I think of 3D Metroidvanias. Because with Metroidvanias, typically, that associates it with 2D games. And Arkham sort of brought a lot of those elements, the map that you explore, flesh out, um, into 3D. So I guess similarly, God of War would also be a good comparison. But yeah, I think having a game like this where you have to learn the environments, uh, exploring them for the first time with Cal is a very good sign. Are you guys getting a vibe of like Mass Effect meets Dark Souls this game? I was definitely Dark Souls because of the combat. Yeah. Um, Specifically the interfaces of just like the lock on being the button Mm -hmm. and you get the little tiny reticle locking on that guy. Uh, The parry system, which was found in Sekiro, which was made by the Dark Souls devs. It seems like there's a lot of inspirations in this game. You can very easily compare it to a lot of things. And again, that was another thing I heard um, from impressions. So Zelda-like temples, dungeons to explore, where you're solving puzzles to reach an end goal. Um, it seems like very deliberative lightsaber combat. Yes. Um, where you have to like look for openings and stuff like that. And I, and I never played Dark Souls, but I know that that's mm-hmm. a big aspect of that game. Yeah. Specifically, Sekiro is very focused on you have your one weapon. It's a katana. And you have to be very precise on parries, uh, just overall timing. And one of my favorite things to come out of all these impressions, and I touched on this in the video, okay. was... Um, one of the developers said 100% of the time, the entire time they're working on this game, always in their head they were thinking, if we have a higher difficulty, enemies should not have more health because you have a lightsaber. And if a lightsaber hits something, you expect something specific to happen with that thing that got hit. Right. So instead, for the higher difficulties, um, you are going to take more damage. Uh, your enemies could have more stamina. Um, the window for parrying and getting in your attacks is going to be significantly smaller on the higher difficulties. So hearing that also makes me very excited. Yeah. I mean, you have, like, that misconception with Star Wars games where, uh, like, you just go in, like, just, like, absolutely blazing. Yeah, like power fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no strategy to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Force Unleashed. 
right, the Force Unleashed. There's no strategy to that. No. You just kind of like whip your lightsaber around. Mm-hmm. Nothing really matters. This looks like it feels heavy. In a good way. Yeah, no, that's a good that's a good descriptor for it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, and and I think deliberate too. Yes, is a good for sure. Um, but I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait. Now I'm so excited. Now, did you ever play Titanfall two? Uh, no, but I play Apex Legends a lot. Okay, good enough. <laughs> yeah, respawn our talented devs. They they are very very talented. I I love Apex Legends. Yeah, and Titanfall two is a great story. So okay, I think the same. Well, at least one of the writers is still attached. I could be wrong, but um. Respawn knows how to make a good story, so I'm looking forward to it. Same. Uh, as far as the Mandalorian goes, though, we're rapidly approaching that <laughs> launch. <laughs> I know. It is way closer than I think. It's like a few weeks away. Yeah. Uh, we did get a breakdown of the schedule for releases for episodes, as well as a few impressions. Um, I haven't heard I haven't heard any impressions. Okay, I'll go through the schedule first, and then we can like break down some of these impressions. Okay. So the first episode of Mandalorian launches the same day as Disney Plus. That is Tuesday, November twelfth. Episode two releases Friday, November fifteenth, which is the same day as the Mandalor or as uh, Jedi Fallen Order. <laughs> Great. So that's gonna be a day. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, Friday, November twenty second is episode three. Yeah. Friday, November twenty ninth is episode four. Friday, December sixth is episode five. Friday, December thirteenth is episode six. Wednesday, December 18th is episode 7, because that is the the week of uh, Rise of Skywalker, so they don't want to interfere there. Oh, interesting. And yeah. then episode 8 is Friday, December 27th. Oh, it's an after Christmas special. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird. I, I find it odd that they're doing, they're releasing it on the first episode on Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, and then they're not following like a Tuesday schedule. Like it goes Tuesday, and then that same week on Friday, you get a second episode. Yeah. So for the future of this show... Every episode, once Mandalorian starts, we're going to have Mandalorian reviews in the first half. Um, and the way I planned it out was that we were going to be behind all the time because um, I thought it was going to be a Tuesday release because Disney Plus launches on Tuesday and Mandalorian episode one is on Tuesday. You would only th- only think, yeah. Yeah. So seeing that it is going to be Fridays, great for us. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I heard uh, a tweet, for, or I saw a tweet earlier from the Disney Plus account that said Disney Plus Originals will be on a Friday release schedule. Okay. As we see, though, there are two exceptions here with uh, the launch date and the week of Rise of Skywalker. It only makes sense. Yeah, because it's funny that they don't feel bad uh, showing up the same day as Fallen Order, but they feel bad showing up the same day as Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, well, think about it. You could just, like, you wake up on Friday, just start that episode of Mandalorian as you're downloading fallen order and then uh just bust through fallen order yeah i mean that's what i'm doing maybe i don't know Uh, uh that episode though that uh episode following the launch is going to be beefy episode because we got two episodes of mandalorian and jedi fallen order so so look out for that yeah watch out Uh, as far as impressions go though we've talked about mandalorian on the show before i'm real excited for it you're real excited for it definitely uh pat yes Going to you again because of our Marvel history. Yeah. John Favreau, director of Iron Man. Yes. And Iron Man 2. And Chef. And Chef. Uh, he is in charge. He also directed Elf. He directed Elf? <laughs> yeah. He's really? in Elf. He's the doctor. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's the doctor that uh, pricks his finger. Well, I didn't know he, he directed it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. He That's likes great. Being, That's he, great. Likes, <laughs> he likes being in his own movies. <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, he deserves it. He's yeah, a good guy. He's a good actor, too, so. 
Uh, do you think he's going to be in Mandalorian? Maybe in some capacity. We'll see. We'll he could be like a bartender, or like Mos Eisley that'd be, or something. That'd be cool. Um, you're excited for Mandalorian though, right? Yeah, I am actually very excited for it. Are you more excited for it than The Rise of Skywalker? I think so. Okay, I get I, it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a way bigger fan. Like, obviously, I like the Star Wars movies, but I, I'm heavy into the EU. Mm-hmm. Like, I love all these little, like, side stories that goes l- along with it. Like, I, like, I'll like i say later, like, I love the Star Wars stories. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a great movie series. Yeah, I think uh, specifically doing more side stories for me is going to be really interesting because we're going to get to move away from traditional themes, traditional motifs yeah. of things in the, the saga where so far I feel like the story films, while I have enjoyed uh, them mostly, it's uh, still tied to that. But with a series like this, I think there's a lot of freedom to experiment with. One of the quotes I pulled from Ben Meckler, who is a director, I'm not sure if he worked on the show, but he said, uh, feels more Western than sci-fi, which I'm a fan of that comment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, even the original Star Wars movies, you could tell were kind of, uh, influenced by westerns mm-hmm. in some aspects, um, and Kurosawa films too with lightsabers and uh, like samurai style things. Oh right, yeah, that too. But um, it kind of yeah, it all goes back to the f- to the fact. That, I mean, your point of these TV shows are an opportunity for Star Wars to kind of uh, like push the boundaries mm-hmm. on on what they can't do on screen yes. um, in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. People when they go see a Star Wars movie, they expect a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you for know, better or worse for better or worse. Yeah. They expect a certain way it's going to be done. Um, uh, and, and normally they stick to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a streaming service, people are going to be watching this on their own volition. Yes. Like, uh, people, you know, it, it's an opportunity for them to do something different. I'm excited. I also think hearing these impressions and the next one I'll bring up is, uh, from slash film. Okay, cool. It feels like a thrilling return to the original trilogy era of Star Wars. It feels like a big-scale movie, not a TV series. Going off of your point, as far as being able to flex more, I guess, with a streaming uh, streaming series, I think because of this, because of Obi-Wan, because of the reception of Solo last year, I think that our speculation of Star Wars stories shifting over to Disney+, Plus is a 100% thing yeah. going to be a thing. Oh yeah, I mean it's only I I think it should happen. Yeah, especially like, if Marvel's branching out too with a lot of their Phase 4 stuff is yeah. all streaming service things pretty much. There's a handful of movies. Right. So feeling comfortable I guess producing for this scale for this audience. I'm glad that they don't see it as a lesser compared to the films, I guess. I mean, I th- yeah, they definitely don't view it as a lesser Mm -hmm. um it's just a compliment yes um and there are things that you can do on uh like a big screen Mm -hmm. uh people expect a certain thing like i said and this doesn't mean that there's no place for more star wars theatrically yeah uh but it just means that the universe can be expanded on um in more detailed and like intricate ways yeah i think it also allows for slower character building which uh I know nothing about the Mandalorian. I know as as much as anyone else does because we've only seen one trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think surface level, you know, you have uh, Pedro Pascal playing the Mandalorian. 
doesn't even have a, have a he doesn't even have a name. He's just the Mandalorian right. so far. I think that you could very easily fall into a trap of just being this two-dimensional Boba Fett knockoff. But since it's a streaming series with eight episodes and he has this ensemble cast, it makes me excited to see like where his character goes. Like, is he going to take that helmet off ever? Like, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, it's what if he never does? I wouldn't hate it, but like, that's a choice. It's a choice for sure. Uh, but also at the same time, like Pedro Pascal is just such a great actor. Yeah. That like, why would you waste him? Yeah. I, I think he's going to have, again, chances to flex in this series that is just devoted to him. Yeah. So do you guys also think this show is just going to be like way grittier than the Star Wars universe? Kind of. I mean, someone got killed by a door in the trailer. Right. Like you wouldn't see that in the movie. <laughs> it's worth noting that this is PG-13. They can't pass PG-13 on Disney Plus for as far as original content goes. Really? That's what they've said so far. You have a lot more freedom when you're producing, like, alien corpses, though. Yeah, you know what like, I, mean? I guess you could compare, um, well, that's not a good comparison. I was gonna Thanos say, got decapitated. Right. I was going to say with Avengers, uh, Infinity War, spoilers for Infinity War, um, when Gamora fell off the cliff versus when... Spoilers for Avengers Endgame <laughs> when uh, Nat fell off the cliff. But when they did show Nat, it looked like there was more blood, but Gamora had like blue blood. So, like, there's a difference of how much you can show if it's an alien versus if it's a person, if it's red blood or blue blood. Yeah. I don't know. Bla Black Widow's death in, uh, in Endgame, it looked so fake to me. Yeah. Like, she, she was like laying on the ground and it, there was like yeah. no bodily, like, like you would be smushed. Yeah. Yeah. From that yeah. Height. Like again, it's restrictions of the yeah. MPAA. No, totally, totally. So that's not their. Well, fault. also that's like the way to go. Yeah. A backflip to death. That's <laughs> how I want to go. I thought you meant like, oh yeah, because PG thirteen gets you more money. But no, you had something else in mind. Um, yeah, we were on two different wavelengths there. <laughs> so as far as everything else goes with the Mandalorian, I'm really excited for it. I think it's gonna be a good time. Uh, do you have any, I guess we're probably going to touch on it a couple more times, but yeah. where's your hype level at right now? What are you expecting? Are you, has the needle moved at all in terms of this three pyramid triforce of Star Wars content this fall? The, the more, I think Disney, Disney does a good job, uh, like slowly releasing things mm -hmm. like more information about it. It's very, you know, it's, it's a very controlled way they do it yeah. and it has to be, I mean, they're just. It's, it's Disney. Disney. It's Disney. Um, and it's, it's a, the IP is just really sensitive anyways. Mm -hmm. um, but they do it in a way that like just gets people so hyped. And like the more I hear about it, the more little tidbits that they let out, um, the needle just moves closer to hype yeah. than ever before. I don't even, it's going to start moving past hype. <laughs> what's, what's beyond hype? I don't even know, man. That's, that's think, where. Yeah. <laughs> where i'm at we're getting All right. deep today <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i feel like i can't top that yeah i feel like that's the extent i can go um we did mention transitioning the idea of star wars stories to a streaming service though mm -hmm. so that's funny because our main topic for today is solo a star wars story uh, there is some things worth discussing about the future of Star Wars stories alongside this movie that we will get into. Uh, we're going to take a short break, though. When we come back, uh, Solo, ranked, reviewed. Did I hate it? Find out. 
Laugh it up, fuzzball. Welcome back. We are now going to review and talk about Solo, a Star Wars story. This is my first time watching this film. It's been out for a year. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you have to say about it. Yeah. Um, I guess kicking off, I want to ask you this question because Rogue One also deals with this. Star Wars stories not having a crawl. Because we have started with the crawl for the prequels. Yeah. What's your what's your stance on this? Yeah, I think the crawl should be reserved for just like the uh ins- like this installments of the saga. I agree. Like the episodic ones. Yes. Yeah. It's strange though that they kind of still did a crawl without doing a crawl. Yeah, it's like a different format. Yeah. <laughs> and it felt like longer, you know, cuz it was like a long time ago and it's like, "Oh, okay." And then it was like more blue text and it was like, "Oh, this is weird." Yeah. Um but it sets the scene. We get an introduction to Corellia, mm-hmm. which did they ever mention Corellia in the original trilogy? I don't think so. Okay. But I think like the Millennium Fal- Falcon was always, always since like the eighties, like a Corellian YT okay. freighter. Okay, that's probably where I drew that connection then, because I was like, I swear I've heard Corellia before, and that's probably it. Yeah. Um. I guess to just get rid of the anticipation, I really liked this movie. Oh, you liked it? I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I could say the same. It, it was just a fun adventure. I was smiling for like 90% of this movie. Okay. And w- there's going to be some hot takes in this episode, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I'm down. Um, I think Alden Ehrenreich, great job. Oh, he kills it in He's this movie. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Uh, so when I... I saw this movie in theaters, unlike yeah. you, mm-hmm. and I was so, so nervous about Alden Ehrenreich um, because, like, it's a huge, it's a huge, those are huge shoes to fill. Yeah. You have to be Harrison Ford, essentially. Right, yeah. And he, he, he kills it, like, down to the little things. Mm-hmm. I was surprised, too, that he made the role his own. I don't think he was doing some, like, Harrison Ford, Han Solo impression. Like, he embodied... Han Solo's spirit, I think, more than like trying to just do an impersonation that you'd post on YouTube, you know, and no. get shared. Yeah, definitely. Like he really did, I would say, as much for young Han Solo, maybe more. I think he did more for young Han Solo than Ewan McGregor did for young Obi-Wan in episode one. Uh, in episode one, yeah. Because I'm comparing their first times. Okay, yeah. I because. Would say that. Alden Ehrenreich coming in to fill in for ha- uh, for Harrison Ford versus Ewan McGregor coming to fill in for Alec Guinness. Mm-hmm. I think th- those are two fair things to compare. Yeah, I think uh, maybe I would push back a little bit on that because Alden Ehrenreich, he's in this movie. It's called Solo. Mm-hmm. It's about Han Solo. Yes. There is more pressure. There is way more pressure on yeah. him. Obi-Wan, there, you know, alternatively, he's just uh, more like a supporting character yeah. in that movie. Mm-hmm. But I see where you're coming from, for yeah. sure. Yeah. The flip side of this, uh, originally, one of my things that was driving me to go see this film, I'm a very big fan of Donald Glover. Yeah. I was really disappointed with Donald Glover in this movie. Yeah, it's just a, it's just an impersonation. It is a ridiculous... I, I'm blown away that he was stuck doing a Billy D. Williams impression. Yeah. Not, even, not even a Lando one. I feel like he was doing Billy D. Yeah. And that blew me away it comes it comes through 
it's it like there's just something off about it. I don't think he's a bad actor either. I lo- I think he's like a savant. He's amazing at like so many things he does. Yeah. But God, that was just shocking to me. I don't mm-hmm. know whose decision that was, but like, I can't believe that after the first time seeing Solo, I'm more on board with this guy who I've never heard of before this movie playing Harrison Ford on Solo. Yeah. And I'm way all in on that versus Donald Glover Lando. Isn't it wild? Like you get you get one side of the coin with Alden Ehrenreich uh, doing such a good job just capturing the essence of of Han Solo, but mm-hmm. not copying Harrison Ford. Yeah. But then you have Donald Glover who kind of misses misses the mark on misses, Lando. Yeah, misses who Lando is, but instead just does an impression of Billy D. Yeah, I'll say I didn't not like Lando. In everything, I mean, I, yeah, he's fine. I thought his chemistry with Han was good. I liked that aspect of it. But as far as everything else with Lando, I was like, eh. yeah, I was really disappointed because I had very high expectations. What, um, do you, what did you think about Amelia Clark? I thought she was fine. She did a good job. Yeah, I liked her. Uh, I think her character is is interesting, mm-hmm. um, and we'll we'll probably get into this a little bit more. Yeah, um, towards the end. But yeah, she. I thought she did a good job making it complex. I think the cast as a whole, in terms of their chemistry bouncing off each other, I was a big fan of. Yeah, it worked. Um, I'm not sure who voiced the alien. I'm blanking on his name. Uh, the alien? Yeah, the, the four of the spider monkey alien. Oh, yeah. Like, I liked his banter with Woody Harrelson. and uh-huh. um, I forgot Woody Harrelson was in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But I, I liked that crew. I liked them being sort of a gateway for Han into the world of scoundrels. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that in this movie, especially at the start of it, you see Han being this, not idealistic, but like I saw a lot of episode four, Luke Skywalker and Han at the beginning of this movie mm-hmm. as far as being very hopeful about the state of the galaxy, as far as where he'd want to go in life. Hold on, I need to cut in. You guys aren't going to believe who... Is it John Favreau? It's John Favreau. I knew it! What's the name of the character? Rio Durant. Okay. Rio, okay. He's from Ardenia? Sure. That's the that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like... Because the thing... One of the things I remember being worried about was that they were just going to make Han this upstanding, amazing character from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And while I do think there is a lot of optimism in Alden Ehrenreich's Han... The way the movie progresses, the arcs with his relationships go. By the end of this movie, he's like scoundrel Han. He's like doesn't he like shouldn't trust anybody. No. He has every right to treat Luke and Obi Wan the way he did at the end of at the beginning of four. And I was really surprised that they gave him an arc that worked like that for me. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's probably other than Luke Skywalker, like the best representation of like the hero's journey that we have in Star Wars so far. In in terms of like, he he kind of he kind of just like gets thrown into like this, this adventure essentially. Okay. Uh, without much thought behind it, I don't know. Maybe okay. maybe I'm missing the mark here. I see where you're coming from because I do like how it was like, sort of showed what would have happened if Luke, basically went the path he wanted to at the beginning of four, where he's uh-huh. like, I'm gonna join the uh, Imperial Army to get off this planet. Right. That's what Han did. Yeah, and we get to see what that did to him. Yeah, and I love that entire sequence of him just being this grunt in the Imperial Army. That's the best. Yeah, yeah, and that's how I met Chewbacca too. That was a cool touch. <laughs> yeah, the uh, beast. 
Yeah. The second they said the visa, I was like, ah, okay, here's yeah. where we're going. Yeah. The um, I'm interested to know what happened to Chewbacca between three and four because we see him leave off with Yoda and then just becomes a slave. Yeah. Yoda, what happened, man? I should have stayed. He was in exile. He couldn't help. Yeah, that's true. Remember that. <laughs> All right, I take back what I said about Han and the hero's journey. That was just something that came to my mind. Okay. I, f- I feel like that's not a bad comparison to make, but I think the end goal is just different. Like Han's hero's journey was to, his objective was to get out of the situation as soon as possible, mm-hmm. where Luke kind of had that objective of like, make the world better. Yeah. Han was just like, I'm going to do these people this favor so I can get paid and I can leave. Yeah. Uh, the train heist. Well, I loved that. So cool. <laughs> um, again, I've mentioned this to you before. Anytime you do some kind of heist movie, mm-hmm. I am in. Yeah. That's what this movie essentially is. Yeah, it is. It's just a big heist movie. It is. And I was surprised on that because I remember that's how they pitched Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And with Rogue One, I was like, okay, but this is way more heist movie than I thought Rogue One ever was. Right. And man, it made me have a new appreciation for the underworld of Star Wars, which I always thought was cool and interesting, but like no reference at all to Jedi in this movie. No, yeah, no reference to Jedi. Yeah. Which I really liked because it was like, hey, we're just dealing with like scoundrels. We're dealing with seedy bars. Just the underbelly of the galaxy. Yeah, because they've never really shown that. No. You know, like Moss Eisley, sure, but like it doesn't really come across. It's just smoky. Yeah. This I, is like what I hope the Mandalorian is going to be. I think Mandalorian's going to be in more so. Yeah, probably like, grittier than this. Yeah. Because I think with the Mandalorian, what comes up is the idea of a straight up bounty hunter who's like lives by his own morals. Han is just trying to like make his way through the galaxy at this point. Yeah. I mean, it shows what it shows a really cool perspective of somebody who's just a regular dude. Yeah. Like at the beginning of this movie, Han mm-hmm. Solo is just a just a guy who's trying to make it make a living essentially yeah um and i want to backtrack just a bit because you went to the to the to the train heist Mm -hmm. but i thought and i and i've always thought this from the first time i saw the movie that the scene in uh the spaceport yeah is so cool yeah um and and like you said the the grunt sequence when he's like on that planet fighting Mm -hmm. for the empire but Especially uh, when he was like about to sign up for the Empire, and the music plays. The Imperial marches in the ad. Yeah, the, I loved that. I was going to bring that up. The Imperial marches in the ad, but it's just like in a major key instead of yeah. A minor it key. sounds much more like yeah. Oh, I'm feeling pride in my galactic duties. Yeah, and it's just cool to see like what kind of like grasp the Empire had. Oh yeah, on everyday citizens, mm. and you felt that on Corellia. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought that was a cute addition, you know, uh, the Imperial March. Mm-hmm. There are moments in this movie where I'm like, okay, but <laughs> I didn't hate them, you no, know? Yeah. Like how he got his name. I I hate that I, so much. <laughs> I think it's really stupid, but I feel like if Han gave the name instead, if he was just like uh, Solo, I feel like that would have been fine. That would have been better, yeah. But, like, making the general do it, that was just so, like, yeah, goofy. Like, Solo. <laughs> <laughs> he told his wife about that at dinner. Yeah, he's like, oh, I came up with the best. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's like, there was this guy at work today. Yeah. I found this guy that was alone, so I changed his last name to being alone. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that was very dumb. I did not like that whatsoever. 
I feel like we're going to be jumping around this movie a lot because it's really just a fun ride. There's not much to like excavate out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Can I share something about what happened in the movie theater when I saw this? Sure. Uh, very first time I saw this um, this movie, it was like probably like the day it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sitting in like the back rows of the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And you know that scene where Chewbacca and Han Solo are on the freighter and they're like talking to one another for the first time. Yeah. And he's like, what's your name? And Chew- Chewie says like... Chewbacca. Yeah, Chewbacca and, and, and Shrewook. Mm-hmm. And... He's like, that's too long. Like, I'm going to have to think, like, we have to come up with a shorter name for you. Yeah. And I swear to God, like, hand on the Bible, this guy in front of uh, in front of me in the movie theater was like, Chewie. <laughs> <laughs> as if, like, as if he, like, like cracked the code. Like, as if he cracked the code. Oh, he was like, God. Chewie. Like, the biggest <laughs> facepalm ever. Like, yeah, man. Like, <laughs> oh, that's rich. Okay. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> wow. Um, there's a lot of moments in this movie that are like that. Mm-hmm. I have this note down here. Uh, it didn't feel like it was a greatest hits movie, but it definitely is. Oh yeah. So I, I'm, I'm glad that they were able to overcome just those restraints of, you know, like every single throwaway line from the original trilogy, we're doing it. Yeah. Uh, I think they like went beyond that though. Like they made it feel Star Warsy. They made it feel like an adventure. They made it interesting. And I, I don't know if I'm chalking a lot of that up to being impressed with Alden Ehrenreich and his chemistry with everybody, or if I was... I did have very low expectations, to be fair. Okay. I thought it was going to be aggressively okay. I thought it was going to be the most Marvel-ish Star Wars movie. Um, I think both of those things are false. Mm-hmm. But there was one line, I guess, speaking about the production of the film... Uh, I don't know if this was put in there as like a slight to Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who were uh, the original yeah. directors. R.I.P. to that. Um, this is a lot. Woody Harrelson says, "Don't improvise," and so much of the drama, I guess, behind the scenes for the production of this film was that Lord and Miller, so much of their style is focused on improv, that Lucasfilm was like, "We don't think this is the right direction," mm-hmm. and that's why Ron Howard was director. I, I heard. And I mean, this is all just like rumors. We don't really know like mm-hmm. what the original cut of the movie was like. Right. But you know, we, there have been things that have floated around saying that the original cut with Lord and Miller's direction mm-hmm. was just like way too light, lighthearted. Like, okay, I buy it. Just like so, like, like more like comedy than anything else. Yeah. Which I don't see that working really. Yeah, I think for the direction they went. I think having Ron Howard be the director was the right choice because I think they achieved that goal well as far as making a Han Solo film that's yeah. just about Han Solo. Yeah. I would love to see Lord and Miller get an original character, a chance to produce their own Star Wars thing. Don't know how likely that is at this point. Uh, but Can I chime in with a question for you guys? What's up? What did you think about the homage to like Han shooting first? See, that was did another... Did you pick up on that? Yeah, that was a uh, more subtle nod that i appreciated are you talking about with beckett yeah 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 when he just he's walking to him and he, like you see him going for his gun and then hot shoots him yeah. yeah i think that was another case of this movie like being cute sort of like the way the imperial march was cute mm-hmm. but it wasn't like a okay disney no it fit kind of thing. yeah yeah it fit very much with han's arc beckett's arc their relationship um there were there were definite other moments though of like 
okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know? There are a lot there are a lot of like really corny jokes in this movie too. I laughed a handful of times. I can't remember things I laughed at, but I did laugh a lot. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, <laughs> there's, like I chuckled. Yeah, there, there's just some weird stuff that like doesn't really make sense though. At some point, like Rio is like, I don't. He's like, you've never been to a Minoc roast on Ardinia. It's nuts, and it's like, who's supposed to get that? Yeah. Like, no one knows what that means. I, I mean, like, I think that's kind of the point though, because like they want to, they want this universe to come across as something that exists. Right. It's like, if I told you like. You're from New York State. Yeah. Uh, if I was like, hey, man, you ever been to Worcester in like the middle of August? Yeah. Horrible traffic. It's hot. Like you wouldn't like that's, that's something you can't relate to. But, you know, like very weird comparison. But I feel like that was just a line that I kind of shrugged off. I'm like, OK, that's him. Yeah, fair enough. But because I do appreciate when they have worlds that exist and it's like, oh, cool. That's how that's how that is. Did anyone else not get how he died? Seems like he just got winged in the shoulder. Yeah, maybe like it was the trauma of it. I don't know. There's some there's some like shots that kind of like show his wound. Yeah, it's like bad, and it looks like really bad. Yeah, um, he's not like a big, like physically yeah. big. So yeah. blaster shot might do more damage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what else I thought was very dumb? Like I thought this was just <laughs> dumb. Okay, what? Darth Maul. All right. I just thought that was dumb. All mm-hmm. right. First, uh, I again, I haven't seen Clone Wars. I haven't seen Rebels. I like Darth Maul. I think it is worth exploring Darth Maul more. Mm-hmm. Uh, his lightsaber, what was up with that? Did, did it change? Did he get a new lightsaber? Oh, yeah. Point? It's like weird and like. It's got like a curve on it for no reason. Yeah. Why know. did he turn it on? He was just talking to her on the phone. Yeah, like no, why would it even I think turn it was it for the people that like w- wasn't too sure yet. It's like, oh, it's the two, it's the chewy guy. It was for the chewy. It guy. was for the chewy guy. Yeah, it was like, oh, the two sides. Yeah, he's got the horns. Oh my him. god, that's the guy from the first one. Yeah, I think that's pretty much what that was. And just something about him looked off. I don't know if it was because it was a hologram, but he looked like not as menacing. I mean, I think like he's kind of supposed to, right? Like he's old. He looks like he like let himself go. Yeah, he, he's got like a saggy face yeah. and stuff. Uh, Is, was that Ray Park? Did yeah. they get him? Oh, they got him back. Yeah, it's Ray Park. Uh, I mean, like, it makes sense if you let yourself go, if you get, like, you know, cut in cut half. half. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Um, he doesn't appear that way in, like, Rebels, though. Yeah, that's what I was questioning. Yeah, he, he, he seemed like he, he's in shape <laughs> in <laughs> Rebels. In the EU, doesn't he have, like, spider legs? Like he's he's not dead in the extended universe either, but like he has like robot spider legs. In the in Legends, yes. In Clone Wars, he just has like robot legs. Oh, okay. So either way, robot legs are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the reason I think it's dumb is just because there's no hint of anything like that throughout the entire movie. Uh, the Crimson Dawn, again, this could be touched on the past, but to me, this is a new concept. The Crimson Dawn, um being this sort of secret organization, Illuminati-esque, done horrible things in the galaxy since the dawn of the Empire. Yeah. Uh, Slash, like, crime syndicate. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Their existence, I think, is fine. The role of Darth Maul, I guess, fleshing his character out more, being in charge of something like this, rather than pursuing the life of a Sith, because he can't, because of the rule, too. That's fine, but just, like, I knew it was coming first off, 
and it just felt so out of place. Like you said, you knew it was coming. I heard about this. I oh, heard, you had heard about it. Yes, okay. but it, but it just still felt so out of place. I was like, maybe are they going to hint at some things? Are they going to like allude to the fact that there's this mysterious figure playing all of everybody? Is there a they, phantom menace? They do though. I don't, it's it's hard to pick up on. But Dryden specifically Vaughn, for Maul. Uh, not specifically for Maul, but I know he said he had a master. Dryden, yeah, Dryden Voss says a lot, or not a lot, but like a few times throughout the movie that like he answers to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I just feel like throwing Darth Maul in that role is kind of just like. It's just like an easy, an easy way to get a lightsaber <laughs> yeah. in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I like. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Okay. If we do get a solo two and they do explore that, sure. Uh, I want I want to see Alden Ehrenreich back in this role. That's another thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, sort of hinted at it at the transition. Yeah, I'd love to see Solo too. Yeah, no, totally. Whether it's a Disney Plus series or a film, I really would like to see this entire crew together again, making more Star Wars. I think Disney would be. It would be a. It wouldn't be a smart move if they just never brought back Alden. Yeah, so I think the rumor at the time was that he signed for three pictures. Um, and obviously, we don't have to get into this too much, but Solo didn't perform incredibly well at the box office. No, I think that is due, honestly, I think it's due to coming out way too close to Last Jedi because it was five months after. Uh, it released like three weeks after Infinity War and a week after Deadpool 2. I know Star Wars is Star Wars, but... Those are two highly anticipated movies. Mm-hmm. I didn't see Solo when it came out because I used my movie money on those two movies. So I think there's a, a lot of contributing factors to why Solo didn't perform well. It also came out mere months after The Last Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Well, also, like, I know I know we're reviewing it next week, but in terms of Rogue One, mm-hmm. like, Rogue One didn't, like, sweep people off their feet i feel yeah definitely didn't so it, it compared to all those other movies you just said it doesn't seem like solo would be something that you would make a specific point to go see mm-hmm. unless you're mike i clearly did not yeah i mean so. I, I definitely made a point to go see it multiple times so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think uh giving this another year i was thinking about this last night do you think putting it out december 2018 would have helped it yeah for sure because I can't think of any major competition. I know Bumblebee was out, and Transformers movies usually do pretty well. Okay, Transformers, but that's about it. Like Aquaman, stink. Yeah, it's just it's just to me like it it came out in May, mm-hmm. which was like five months after the Last Jedi. Yeah, um, like you said, uh, Infinity War. Yeah, came out. Like, what are they? What were they thinking? <laughs> like seriously, uh, not only Infinity War but also Deadpool too. People and, and as. If I can remember correctly, there really wasn't that much marketing behind this movie. Uh, in yeah. T- in terms of like, I didn't see it anywhere really. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely saw a few ads, but nothing that like was grabbing me. Yeah. Um, they could have tried to build the hype around it by releasing it later on in the year. Do you remember that like fan made trailer for Kenobi, a Star Wars story? A while ago, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was the next Star Wars story. I didn't even know Solo was going to be a thing until like it was already out. Yeah, see, like, I think they had an uphill battle with the fact that it was a story. Public opinion on Star Wars at the time was mixed, to say the least. Mm. And it's a kid coming in to step in 
Harrison Ford's shoes. Yeah. I think those are three things, along with everything else we just said, that made it difficult for this movie to succeed well. But having seen it finally, I think it deserved to. Deserved to... Succeed. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was really, really surprised. I think it could do well in another form. Yeah, Just, that's why I think the idea of a Disney Plus series, yeah. I really hope they go through with that because if Kevin Feige's Star Wars is going to be, say, a new trilogy and sort of be the new event film that the episodes have been. Yep. And who knows when that's going to take place. I know, based on everything we've seen so far, that Disney does not want to let go of this Skywalker, Vader, Empire era. Yeah. I think if the movies are doing their own thing in the future, if a cartoon is doing something, having Disney Plus series to fill more of the gaps between three and four or between six and seven with the Skywalkers, with Vader, the Empire, this kind of storytelling, this era... I think Solo 2 still has a chance of life through Disney+. Plus. I think so, too. Um, I, w- I would be happy to see it. I would be very happy. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you, though. What's up? So what did you think about... Uh, yeah, ask me a question, because you have experience with this movie, so I want yeah. you to lead some things right now. So what do, you, what do you think about the character... This is a two-part question. What do you think about the character of L3 mm-hmm. and... Uh, the surrounding arc of her uh, and, and like that social justice kind of like allegory. I like Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fleabag is great. Great show. I haven't seen that. Worth watching. Um, I thought L3 as a companion to Lando. Yeah. I thought their relationship was funny and charming. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, it was kind of over the top, but I feel like a lot of the times droids are over the top. Yeah. I would say C-3PO, kind of over the top. They he, all have, gets, yeah. he gets very anxious. Like he, They heavily lean into that anxiety of C-3PO. Uh, Alan Tudyk's droid, K2. K2 is very sarcastic. Uh, L3, I guess amplifying the relationship side of that personality for a droid and their... Uh, cohort cohort yeah i thought worked mm-hmm. because every time we see a droid it's i like the droids having varied personalities yeah they're they all have very eclectic personalities um or heightened personalities. yeah i think see i don't know how i feel because i thought it was fine that they were making those comparisons i guess and telling a story like that with her character and i I don't think it felt out of place because in a series like Star Wars that is so f- much, it's so dedicated to the rebellion and like freeing silenced voices and stuff like that. Having a droid that act- is an activist for droid rights is interesting. Do you guys think but it's for- kind of funny that she was an activist for droid rights and then they just turned her into a GPS system? <laughs> I thought, yeah, that's kind of ironic. And then I guess my entire stance on it was like, it felt inconsequential. I guess that's where I like fall on it because like her liberating the mine, I thought was kind of 
okay. Like that was just a set piece they were doing to like add some tension to them getting the uh, whatever element it was out uh, in time. Yeah, coaxium. The coaxium. coaxium. Yeah. It it added like the 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 stakes there because it's like oh they got to sort through all these people. There's chaos everywhere. Mm-hmm. But her dying immediately after that, I was like, okay. It seemed yeah to me like I have no problem with it. Like some people. Yeah, I know some people like hate this. It's like, what do you like? Well, I mean, some people just like, for lack of a better word, they suck. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, and and people in this this climate have you know certain opinions about like social justice overall. Uh, but you know, I just think it in some parts of this movie is just like a tad heavy-handed. Uh, sure. Uh, but I don't have a problem with it overall because I think, like you said, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting like prism to look at, mm-hmm. um, like rebellion. Yeah. Um, cause that's a very, that's, that's a theme of star Wars. Yeah, for sure. There's yeah. several forms of rebellion Yeah, <laughs> throughout all the trilogies, all the films. And like, you know, droids we know are like sentient. Yeah. Um, that's been established. Mm-hmm. So why can't, why can't there be an activist for droids rights yeah. in the form of a droid? Yeah. Like I, I really don't have a problem with that. It's no. just, it felt basically like her liberating that base and then dying immediately after kind of made me feel like we just got, I guess that's like a, a mirror at reality, you know, of like yeah. some things just don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like as far as telling a story, I feel like there's more to explore with that character and like an arc and it just kind of got r- ripped out. Right. Yeah. So I don't know what happened there. I, I <laughs> the cringiest thing for me though, is like when Kira and L3 are talking <laughs> about like, how Lando and her like have a thing, yeah, but like also just have have sex, yeah, and that's super weird. <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> I, I thought it was like it went on a little too long. Yeah, like if if they cut it after the first, uh, I think if like the part where L three turns around is just like oh, like some like whatever she says there. If they cut it there, I thought it went funny. Yeah, but yeah, it did go on a bit too long. I was like, oh, we're like really hammering in on this. Okay. I mean, it's whatever, but, like, it just seemed a little heavy-handed. That's sure. Um, what did you think about the Kessel Run? I liked it. I thought it was fun. <laughs> like, a lot of this movie, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, the Kessel Run, I guess, fleshing out the the reason for that line, I did it in 12 parsecs. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Not they, I, round down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and just, I guess... Another reason, I guess, why I liked this movie with the Castle Run specifically is that, yeah, it was a throwaway. It was a throwaway line, but they turned it into something past that. Like the twelve parsecs thing, people are like, "Oh, parsecs is distance." It's like, okay, so they're gonna navigate through this uncharted territory, and he's gonna find his own path. That was a nice way to do that story. I agree, and it did a lot for Han as far as making him the pilot. You know, making him this great pilot. Making him literally forge his own path. Yeah. I liked it. It's funny, too, because in the original Star Wars movie, he says, I'm like, it's the ship that did the, the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. And he gets on Savarine in this movie and he's like, I did it in 12 parsecs. Yeah. Uh, and then Chewie says something. He's like, Not if you round down. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, he actually did it in way more than 12 parsecs, probably. <laughs> yeah. What was the, the line in Force Awakens where Ray is like, You did it in. 18 parsecs or something like that and he's like 12 yeah it was cool yeah it adds like a a history to this world that I feel like a lot of other film franchises don't have yeah so I don't have a problem with it and I guess where I stand overall on Solo 
is that I find it funny that when it came to the prequels trilogy and recasting Obi-Wan, casting Anakin slash Darth Vader, exploring this past era, we didn't have no problem with that leading up to it. People were so excited for it, you Mm -hmm. know? And then along comes Disney, big bad Disney, and suddenly no one else can play Han Solo. Yeah, only Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. This I I, I was v- pleasantly surprised at this movie. This shatters that I think because Definitely. he just Alden Aaron Aaron Reich just objectively just does an amazing job. Yeah, like I and it's really hard to dispute that. I would love to watch more of him and play as Han Solo right now. I yeah totally. And I'm bummed that it doesn't exist. I also love the uh, the Sabak scenes. Yeah, I just think that's really cool. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> I like how Lando cheats at Sabak. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it kind of adds a little bit of layer to that first conversation that they have in Empire Strikes Back, but we yeah. don't get there. And final thoughts from me, I guess I really enjoyed his performance in. A handful of situations that m- left some emotional resonance, like him going to hyperspace, which was probably the first time he went into hyperspace. They didn't like hammer on that too much, but like that's the, probably the first time that he went to hyperspace in mm-hmm. the Falcon, and he was beside Chewie. I was like, this is a nice moment. Yeah, and he gets this. Harrison Ford didn't, and he's earning all of these things that he's doing. Yeah, I just I like it. I have to say too, and I know this is like. I'm just talking about things that I like about this movie, but uh, the interior of the Millennium Falcon, so cool. Like yeah. it just looks so clean, mm-hmm. and like you could you could tell that like Han Solo just like completely destroyed, <laughs> destroyed this thing. Yeah. Uh, do you have any like major standout negatives outside of the minor gripes we've talked about? Major standout negatives? Yeah. Uh, do you? Let me think about it really quick. I think. Like I said, I think there's some dumb things in here, but I don't think it takes away too much. Uh, I think the movie presents itself in a way that, like I said, it's definitely a greatest hits movie, but it doesn't feel that way. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it gives you the expectation of just going along for the ride, having a fun time. So when something happens, like the breakout on the mine... Just kind of like, all right, sure, this is happening. You yeah. know, like this definitely didn't need to happen mm-hmm. for L three, especially since she dies immediately right after. It right. served nothing for her character. Yeah. Um. But it didn't take away from my enjoyment of everything else. Yeah. I think for me, it just comes to mind right now, uh, the character of Beckett. Um, I'm not sure. I, I just like wasn't sold on him. Okay. I guess. Uh, you're supposed to like feel bad for him Mm -hmm. that uh, whoever that girl is like dies in the beginning Mm -hmm. and like I just didn't there wasn't enough time with her on screen for me to actually care about that death Mm -hmm. Um, and so the entire time you're supposed to kind of like relate and like feel bad for Beckett I feel yeah because of that and I just never felt that I didn't see his betrayal coming at first yeah the first time I I watched it I didn't either I totally thought it was gonna be Kira yeah did you guys think that scene was very uncomfortable when, like, Beckett and what's his girlfriend's name? His, I'm not sure. Uh, I have no idea. They, like, they started kissing, and Han was just looking at him, like, smiling. <laughs> like, that's really uncomfortable to be a part of that moment. Yeah, it, 
<laughs> they probably didn't need to have Han's reaction to that. No. Like, sure, like, he could have been just, like, thinking off about Kira or something, but not, like, Like, you know? ooh, I want that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, we get what this is, we're sharing our ideals here, what we want in yeah. life, but, like, okay. Um. So, yeah, do you want to rank this thing, or? Can I just say something else? Yeah. I love Dryden Voss. Is that Paul Bettany's character? We did not talk about Paul Bettany at all. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, I think. So he, cool. He adds a lot to it in terms of fleshing out that under underbelly of the galaxy yeah that i like yes <laughs> his little, little like brass knuckle laser knives like sure those are cool yeah <laughs> i'm into it he yeah. was like a star wars bond villain that's kind of the vibe i got yeah from him this that's movie. a good point but he was just like just a bad dude though yeah. like just killing people left and right like mm-hmm. no remorse like absolute sociopath yeah comes across for sure and i think with the little problems i did have with this movie I think there's a lot of potential for a sequel to flesh out a lot of the things, the loose ends, the Crimson Dawn, mm-hmm. the uh, the huts on Tatooine. Yeah, big shot gangster putting together a crew. Yeah, there's like so many cool things you do <laughs> with what they set up here. Yeah, and I think you're able to have more fun in a sequel and do more original things. Not that this movie didn't have any, or that the non-original things were bad because I really had a good time. Yeah, it sets up a lot of stuff. What happens when he goes to Tatooine? What happens to Kira? How long is he there for? Which is he just settle in Tatooine for a long time? Who knows? Yeah. Hopefully we find out one day. Yeah, one day. So it's time to rank this. Sure, let's do it. Pat, I would like you to go first because you missed Revenge of the Sith week. Okay. So uh, your ranking? I'm going to rank it in reverse chronological order. So Solo, number one. Okay. Uh, Reven- or Number three. At number two, uh, Revenge of the Sith, sorry. Uh, Clone Wars, or, yeah, I don't know why I'm forgetting the, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm scrambled. Star Wars 3 is number two, Star Wars 2 is number three, and Star Wars 1, The Phantom Menace, is number four. Okay. And that was from favorite to least favorite. That was from favorite to least favorite. Okay, yeah. Mike, what are you? <laughs> All right, I'm that was sloppy. From, <laughs> sorry. I'm going to do from least favorite to favorite. Okay. Uh Attack the Clones, Phantom Menace, Solo, Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Um, before we got into this conversation, I told you that last night all I did was rank it, and I was just going to see how I felt. Yeah. I still don't know if this is the final ranking for me, so I'm going to just say it and see what happens. Okay. Uh, number four is episode one. Number three is episode two. Number two is episode three. Number one is Solo. Okay. Yeah. I think... Solo has way more fun. Not that that's the only thing that's worth evaluating in a movie, but like Revenge of the Sith, I for as much as I love that movie, there's a lot about it that bogs it down. Um, and I think Solo has less of those things. There's more dumb moments in Solo. Yeah. And more fan service nostalgia plays. But I had a better time for the majority of Solo yeah. than I did for the... Majority of Revenge of the Sith. Worst noting, saw for the first time last night, so this was brand new Star Wars for me. Yeah. That could be a factor, but that's how I ranked it. I mean, I find it interesting, like, all the points that you've been making. Uh, I was interested to see how you would 
respond to this movie Mm -hmm. not necessarily rank it but it's interesting to see that as well yeah for me uh it just seems in this movie just seems sort of inconsequential yeah to the larger star wars that's why i want a trilogy (laughs) yeah so i mean uh was it like a bad movie like no but by no means was it a bad movie uh it was it was hella fun yeah uh but i just think for me revenge of the sith has has more weight yeah, more consequence. Yeah. Like, this movie did not need to happen at all. No. Alden Ehrenreich could have been some other character in Star Wars. But he's best as Han Solo, and we yeah. know that now. Yeah. <laughs> so, that is a ranking of Solo, a Star Wars story. And a review. It is. Fresh eyes on this thing. <laughs> uh, next week, next episode, is going to be Star Wars Rogue One. Yep. The second and only other Star Wars story. But as we wrap up, uh, Pat, yeah, if the people would like to find you online, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at the P Moron. Fantastic! Thank you for making the show. You're it's welcome. Sound as good as it does. I I do my best. <laughs> uh, Mike, is there anything you'd like to shout out or plug your Twitter or something like that? You can follow me on Twitter at Mike P Connors. Very nice. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Chris N Buckley. Uh, if you're watching us, you're on youtube.com slash joyclicks, uh, where at this point in time, there's probably an episode nine trailer reaction from all of us. Yeah, go watch that. Uh, a chun up episode with me just freaking out about how much I love Titanfall and why that's going to make Jedi Fallen Order good. Then watch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find this show in audio form, though, on podcast services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts. If you want to rate us on that, that'd be a nice little touch. Nice uh, nice thing for us, if you appreciate it. Eternally grateful for that. If you really like the show, you can go to patreon.com slash joyclicks, where for multiple different tiers, you can help fund the show for different rewards, 50 bucks for the entire month. You get your name read in our little gap. Yeah, and I'll do an episode in my underwear. That's what he's promising. That's we'll what see, I'm how, promising. We'll see for $50? how that goes. Yeah. I got it. I'll sh- I'll shave a mullet. I got long hair right now. You give us $50, I'll do a mullet, and I'll sit on camera the whole time and say nothing. I'll just sit <laughs> back there with a mullet. All right, well, check out patreon.com slash joyclicks if you'd like to know more about the shows and uh, what you can what you can uh, get in return for helping us. So For sure. That's going to be an episode, and uh, more than ever, we're fine. Everything's fine. How are you? May the force be with you. Love you guys. General Kenobi! <laughs>